Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. I'm Pastor Art Georges, and I'm joined in the studio again with Pastors Rich Burkle and Daniel Bennett. And today, uh, we want to do some sessions on ministry in the local church. Uh, this first session, we want to deal with the topic of ministry as a responsibility of every member of the local church. Guys, I've heard the illustration uh, of the football team and the stadium of fans that are watching them, and it's been said that there are 22 men playing the game of football who desperately need rest, being watched and cheered on by hundreds, maybe even thousands of people who desperately need exercise. And that is often uh, equated to what happens in the local church. We uh, have much ministry being done by few members and many members sitting sort of on the sidelines watching and benefiting even. And so um, how can we encourage our listeners that ministry really belongs not only to the pastors and shepherds or elders, and uh, but rather to the entire body of Christ? Well, I think we can use some of the same motivations that, that God uses in his word to encourage people to be engaged in ministry. Uh, God talks about uh, reward, so there's a reward for believers as they uh, use the, their spiritual gifts in a way that brings honor and glory to God. There's there's uh, joy in in ministry. We, we can talk more about these things. And so, a person who is going to experience the fullness of joy in the Christian life is going to be a person who's engaged in ministry and doing the things of ministry. Uh, there's there's contemplation of the future that motivates us to ministry. You think of First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight as he talks about culminates that discussion of the resurrection. Says, mm. So that's that's why we continue in, in pursuing uh, remaining steadfast and immovable, abounding in, in good works. And then you think of the uh, the relational obligation that we have to each other that that motivates us to engage in good works. There's a, a, motiv- a motivation as I think about my responsibility to my, my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ to to do the work of ministry so that so that they are uh, stronger in the faith and in experiencing the joy of the Lord as, as they're called to as well. Mm-hmm. That's good. And and maybe to piggyback off of what you just said, there are so many great motivations we have to live the Christian life, period, and and certainly to serve Christ in and through his local church, through his body. Um, I think of 1 Peter 4, where uh, Peter is, is uh, reminding us that the end of all things is at hand, in other words, there's there's just a short amount of time we have to live on this earth, mm-hmm. and um, there's a short amount of time before the Lord comes back, and, and there won't be an opportunity to serve in the way that we have right now. And uh, he urges uh, love within the body of Christ, and then he says in verse 10 of, of chapter uh, 4 of First Peter, God says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Mm-hmm. So stop there for a moment. He says this is part of our stewardship of having received such an incredible gift and blessing of grace to be able to connect to, to the eternal 
design and plan of God through his church. It's a exciting thing, and it's, it's also a responsible thing. But then he goes on to say, uh, so whoever speaks, you should speak as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. And then he says, and here's the ultimate, of course, motivation, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. To him belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So you know that passage is teaching us really that if we are not serving in uh, the the local church, using the gifts that God has supplied us. First, we're poor stewards. Second, we're we're not loving one another. But but the 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 greatest tragedy of all is is we are not living a life that glorifies God. Mm-hmm. And that's the very purpose. That's the ultimate foundation for why we exist. All right. There is a, a statement in that passage that you just read that indicates that each one has received a special gift or a gift of God's grace, right? Uh, there's no one who's excluded. And that's that's a, a, both a, a grave responsibility. We can take that as a phrase of responsibility, which we should, but also we can take it as a phrase of gladness. Wow, you know, I, I have the opportunity to glorify God. There's no person who's redeemed who uh, is outside of the ability and of that great purpose to be able to glorify God through their lives. All right. There's also a stewardship mentioned in that passage, Daniel. How is Use of your spiritual gift, which God gives every believer a stewardship. Well, there's that's an interesting idea too, because what it what it means is that God hasn't just ordained the end of ministry; He's ordained the means through which He's going to to bring it about. So, uh, Rich mentioned in verse eleven there, First Peter four, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. God's God's going to be glorified. Mm. Uh, we could do. Uh, nothing and God would still be glorious. And yet God has ordained not just his glory and he's not just glorious, but he's ordained the means by which he's going to receive glory. And I think, I think a lot of Christians uh, sometimes think, okay, what is the most efficient way for me to accomplish a task? And I've, I've seen this in the orphan care ministry, for example. Um, the church is not always the most efficient way by which you can accomplish an end. So if my goal was just to care physically for the needs of as many orphans as possible, I wouldn't encourage churches to equip people in the church to do it because Christians aren't always the most efficient Mm. at doing things. And yet what we see is God has ordained, again, not just the end, not just the accomplishment of a task, but the means by which it's going to be accomplished. And so I have a relational obligation as I engage in ministry, not to just be working toward an end, but be working toward an end with my brothers and sisters in Christ. We received a varied grace. Each person has a part that they're playing. I think of Ephesians 4, where it talks about the, the gifts that God has given. And he says he gives the shepherds and teachers. This is Ephesians 4, then verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's that's the end result of the stewardship you're talking about there. We've been given a, a, a ministry, a task, and now we have the the responsibility, a divine responsibility, to do this task, not just to reach an end, but 
so that the means by which we reach, reach this end are also God-glorifying and uh, everyone receives mutual benefit from our exercise of those gifts. Mm, that's right. good. And, and the end is near. You know, we, we don't have forever to accomplish this task. It's right. the, the, the day of opportunity is is closing. And, and so I think those these scriptures are calling us to have a clear focus in our life and intentionality behind doing this. I, I, um, I also think of uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And, and again, this, this whole context also is in view of, of the gospel, of what Christ has done, uh, bringing us into his family, gifting us uh, with the, this relationship we, we have with God, the ability to draw near to him. Mm-hmm. And he says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, using our gifts and ministering in the local body is not only about being involved in a program of the church. Uh, Ministering is who we are. It's our identity. We carry that ministering spirit, whether we are teaching Sunday school or being part of Awana or an orphan care ministry and at the meetings. But when we're outside of those contexts, when we're just walking, for instance, into the church building on Sunday morning uh, to worship, we carry this ministry. God has me called here to begin ministering to people the moment I step out of my car. And, uh, of course, that carries on not just on Sundays. That just happens to be what Hebrews 10 is about. Mm -hmm. Don't neglect this because this is a huge opportunity to minister to one another. And we often think of Sunday as this is a huge opportunity for me to be ministered to, and it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but God says right. no. That's the 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 great heart of the Christian faith is love, which is always outward. I'm here to love on others, to encourage them. Yeah, so, that's good. So what does it look? Oh, well the the, the fact that Br- uh, Rich brings up the issue of love, and someone may be saying. Well, how does my ministry bring glory to God? But each of these three passages that we've mentioned, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4, and then the Hebrews 10 passage, all include the concept of love. And isn't that what Jesus says, that you will, they will know that you are my disciples because you have love for one another? And so using our gifts to minister to one another is a, is a way that we manifest our love and concern and commitment to one another. And so as we think of that, then it makes us understand that uh, ministry isn't an uh, a opt-out kind of thing. So, so with, with application of this passage, and that's exactly right, uh, with, with application of this passage, so we have – we go to church on Sunday morning, and then the, the, the people who are in our churches go to church. And if you're listening to this and you're not part of our churches but you have another church, you're, you're entering uh, an assembly someplace together. Um, as pastors, it's sort of easier for us to have that mindset because we have very specific responsibilities that day. We have very specific um, sort of uh, stewardship of pastoring the church, and we kind of come as the pastor. Now, what's interesting to think about, I don't know whether when you guys are on vacation, uh, you have opportunity to visit churches, but uh, it's not I, – I often go into those churches with – with not a ministering spirit, does that make sense? Because mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's not my job anymore, you know. And yet I've realized, oh, that's wrong. It is my responsibility to enter into this assembly, even if people I don't know, with a view, 
God, would you have me encourage another person today? Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself sometimes uh, greeting people really warmly when you're at that church, forgetting that you're not on staff at the church? <laughs> well, I sometimes, I, I often do. As, uh, that's that's true. I'll sometimes say, hey, I'm so glad you're here this morning. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Please so come I, next week. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so I, I guess the practical question is, well, how, how can we – what encouragement can we give to people as they come in on a Sunday morning so that really their their heart really is toward ministering to people? Mm-hmm. Well, well, maybe we could we could start answering that question by asking this question. What does a church – so a person wants to be a part of a healthy church, right? So if you're trying to motivate people to there, – there's lots of things we've talked about in terms of motivation. But what is a church – what are the characteristics of a church where – members are not engaged in ministry. Like what are, what are some of the characteristics of churches you guys have seen where people are not it's not a it's not a churchwide cultural characteristic that they're all engaged in ministry. And I'm tempted to answer that by saying, well let's answer that question by this question. I would have a third <laughs> backup question. So, Socrates. So your question, the question that we want to talk about right now is, go ahead and ask it again. Well, yeah, and 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 related to your question of uh, how, how do we motivate people, um, what does it what does a church look like where people are not engaged in ministry? Yeah, because I think you, you, you that the answer yeah. to that is similar to uh, yeah. to your question. No, that's right. Well, you can think of it first of all as. Uh, after the service, I think that people would leave immediately. There wouldn't be a sense of fellowship and belonging and and gathering. Um, in, in each of our scenarios, we've tried to have a place where people can kind of gather after and before the service to meet and greet and encourage one another, just as that passage in Hebrews says. So uh, that those places in that type of church would be empty pretty quickly. Also, you might see by a glance in whatever communications they have that there isn't maybe a whole lot of ministry happening through the week. It's just a Sunday kind of church, I would think. Yeah. Thankfully, I haven't been part of anything like that since yep. I've come to Christ. It's all theoretical here. Yes, the- theoretical. You know, a word picture that, that I, I actually think about sometimes in, in relationship to uh, this element of of minister the the body of Christ members ministering in love to one another is is that of a net you know the, the mm. church is like a net of love of God's love love is the key to Christianity it's first about loving God and then it's about loving people and and so when we come to church on a Sunday morning I think it's vital for us to say Lord how can I love you with all my heart and give you the worship that's due you and then Lord how would you have me love others today. Um, but a church then, it becomes a net of love. And here we have, have people swimming into the church. And it's, it's always delightful to hear those stories where people get caught in that net of love. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that they, they will come and say, you know, I came here today and this is the most loving church I've ever been in. And it's because they swam into that area of that net where it was knit well together and and people connected with them. I had heard a and, great story about a woman who was trying to attend a Jewish synagogue real close to a large church, but as she was walk, walking to synagogue, uh, well, that, I don't, I'm not sure that makes sense, <laughs> but as she was wa- walking to where she was going, she got caught in the crowd that ushered her into this evangelical church, and she heard the gospel and came to Christ. Well, you're right. 
The right? Saturday night, Sunday it's, morning it's worship sort of service. The, <laughs> it's, sort of the, it's sort of the net of love, right? Yeah. But, you know, there. I realize in our church, and I think in every church, there are places of that net that are torn, and there are holes. And if that person happens to swim in that part of the church, it's possible for them to enter and leave without ever having experienced the, the love right. that God right. intends. And I, I think how sad that is. So, yeah, so Many, maybe – uh, going back to the question, well, how would it look if it wasn't like that? Then you could imagine a person coming into a church that wasn't uh, functioning biblically, and they wouldn't be welcomed in necessarily. They wouldn't feel right. like caught in that net, right? They, they, and that gives us something to think about in our churches: how do we uh, welcome visitors? And that's why it's so important for every member, because uh, until every member does that, there will be holes. It's possible for a person. To swim in, and maybe they just let's say the net's 90 percent whole. Well, it's still possible for people to swim in through the ten percent. You know, they just happen to miss those people, yeah. and then leave without having the ministry of the gospel really applied to the heart. Right. So the ministry of the word is diminished. The ministry of prayer is diminished. The, every other ministry that that church right. runs is diminished because That's good. members have not exercised right. their spiritual gifts in ministry to one another. Sometimes that welcoming portion of your ministry is kind of seems like the most insignificant, and so maybe people won't think of giving themselves to it, but if the ministries are functioning well, that's going to be sort of an overflow of uh, a member's heart to welcome new people into their assembly. So a common a common thread through this has been uh, the, the the ministry being motivated by love, you know, beginning with a love for God, a passion for God, compelling us to love others. And so if, if we, to get back to Rich's original question, if we want a church that looks loving and to, to be in a, a church that is fulfilling its purpose to love God and, and to have that love flow into our love for others. We're going to be people who cannot help but engage in, in ministry. And so over the next few episodes here, we're going to be talking about what the types of ministry we can be involved in and how we're prepared for ministry and how we're equipped for ministry uh, through the local church. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, Think back to John 13 as well. So Jesus is giving his last words of instruction, encouragement, prayer for the disciples before he would uh, die upon the cross and then raise and ascend. And and um, in that passage, we see Jesus washing the disciples' feet mm. uh, and then encouraging us to do the same, which is, means to, to love one another by serving one another and taking a, a humble uh a humble attitude that that lacks self centeredness, you know, to mm-hmm. to in our relationships with each other, and then he he tells the these leaders really of the of the the church that's going to be started uh, that this is the way people will know that you're my disciples is if you have love for one another. It's a new commandment I give to you. This is this is it. This is what the church is about, right. and and that's again a vision that can only be uh, realized. The church will only realize its potential to bring glory to Christ as uh, members grab hold of that together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and recognize it's it's uh, I come here and I live my life for the glory of God by by serving and ministering. Um, so you know the practical I guess counsel that you guys might give to a person who's listening to this uh, revive the drive and say, well, how, how can I remember to do that? I want to do that. Um, but how can I remember to do that? How how can I make that 
um, sort of central to my thinking? What, mm. what would you say? I would say that uh, at the foundation of it is if your desire is to love Jesus Christ, then that is practically worked out by loving others mm-hmm. in, in certain tangible ways, uh, being involved and invested in their lives, uh, welcoming them, encouraging them, ministering according to the giftedness that God has placed in, in you. Mm-hmm. Good. Daniel, practical helps. It would help uh, people say, okay, I, I get it. I want it. How? Yeah, well, I, I think part of that's going to be our, our upcoming – uh, I would say stay tuned, first of all. But kind of <laughs> a, little a, one, teaser. a little there's a little teaser, a little hook there. But uh I would say, you know, begin by talking to people who are who who you see doing this well and, and ask them, okay, how, you know, help help me find uh, and, and encourage me in, in my ministry as well and ask and ask how, how they've gotten to the point where they are. Yeah. And and in addition, just the, the last uh, uh, encouragement I would give to you and to us is that we would really talk to, to God about this and say, Lord, my heart is often self-centered, and, and bring confession to the Lord about that, mm. that, that I often look for ways that I can be served by, this, by, the, by the church that, that you've placed me in. And Lord, change that heart mm-hmm. and help me to be awake to this this really joyful stewardship that you've given That's to good. me to yeah. to bring glory to you and receive joy in heaven forever and ever as a result of of these gifts that you've given me so so prayer to the lord is so important and and to take some time daily and particularly i think sunday is such a big day but particularly before uh, we get there on sunday and and just call out to the lord and ask him to help us in this that's good. Well, ministry in the local church, ministry is a responsibility of every member. Thanks for joining us in this session and come back and let us help you to think through more ministry in the local church. God bless.